Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina who was accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. Before we start this episode, a quick word about another Crime Story Media production. October 2014. Was David Martinez responsible for killing Pomona SWAT officer Sean Diamond? That's at the heart of Night Raid, a new podcast from Crime Story Media. Subscribe or follow wherever you get this podcast. In our last episode, we began our review of the testimony of Colleton County Detective Laura Rutland who was the first investigative law enforcement officer to arrive at the murder scene. In this installment, we continue that review with particular focus with the detective's authentication of the interview of the defendant Alex Murdoch, conducted at the scene of the murders. That's all coming up right after the break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It is the morning of January 27th, 2023, the third day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. Prosecutor John Metters continues his direct examination of Colleton County Detective Laura Rutland. Again, Miss Rutland appears to be in her 30s. Her long, straight brown hair is parted on her right. She sports a dark blazer over a red blouse. In our last episode, Metters had asked the witness about her assessment of shoe prints discovered at the crime scene. He also had the witness establish that she and an agent from South Carolina's State Law Enforcement Division named David Owen conducted an interview with the defendant, Alex Murdoch, in Agent Owen's vehicle. The interview was conducted in the vehicle because it was raining intermittently that evening. Present in the vehicle for the interview were Agent Owen, sporting a rain-dampened polo shirt in the driver's seat, Alex Murdoch in the passenger seat, Detective Rutland in the seat behind Murdoch, and a bearded man named Danny Henderson in the seat behind Agent Owen. The camera appears to record from an angle near the vehicle's rear-view mirror. Metters first introduces the video into evidence, and then plays it. I'm going to show you what's marked stage 153. At my request, did you review this yesterday? I did. And does this stage 153 accurately reflect the interview you, Agent Owens, had with the defendant, Richard Alexander Murdoch? It does. Your Honor, at this time, 153, I believe without a pick. And with this honor's permission, and with the help of someone, we'd ask to respectfully publish. While we wait for the sound, is that the defendant, Alex Murdoch? It is. Is that you back in the back? That is me. Who is that? That is Special Agent Owen. Who is that? Danny Henderson. As the video plays, we see and hear Agent Owen lead the questioning of Alex Murdoch. Periodically, Detective Rutland will interject with a question. We are now going to play the audio of the interview in its entirety, edited only lightly for concision. 
All right, Mr. Murdoch, um, just state your full name for me, please. Richard Alexander Murdoch. And spell your last name so I get it correct. M U R D A U G H. All right. And you go by Alec? Yes, sir. And date of birth, Mr. Murdoch? May 27, 1968. And a good phone number for you. 803-942-1227. And sir, what was your name? Danny Henderson. Okay. All right. As I stated, I'm David Owen and uh, Laura Rutland with Colleton County, and I'm with SLED. I hate to have to do this. I but, understand. Yeah. I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. So you don't you don't have any problem yeah. with it. Just start the top, take your time. Like when I came back here, mm -hmm. I mean, I pulled up and I could see them, and you know, I knew something was bad. I ran out. I knew it was really bad. And my boy over there, I could see. Sorry. <laughs> and I could see his brain on. And I ran over to Maggie, and uh, actually, I think I tried to turn Paul over first. You know, I tried to turn him over, and uh, I don't know, I figured it out. Uh, his cell phone popped out of his pocket. I started to try to do something with it, thinking maybe, but then I put it back down really quickly. Um, then I went to my wife, and I, I mean, I could see... Mm -hmm. mm, did you touch Maggie at all? I did. I touched them both. Okay. I tried to take, I, I mean, I tried to do it as limited as possible, mm -hmm. but I, I tried to take their pulse on both of them. I called 911 um, pretty much right away, and she was very good. I talked to her. Um, I told her I was going to get off the phone to call some family members. <coughs> I did that. What family members did you call him? I called my brother Randy, and I called my brother John, and I tried to call a little boy, real good friend that's right around the corner from here, but I didn't get him. Okay. What all was around Paul when you walked up? Blood. Any any other, anything else? I mean, there was some body mm -hmm. things, yes, sir. I mean, like any other evidence? I know you said the phone fell out the pocket, um, but did you see anything else? that didn't belong or shouldn't belong or that wasn't part of Paul? No, sir. How about Maggie? No, sir. You didn't see anything around them? What made you come out here tonight? My mom's a late-stage Alzheimer's patient. My dad's in the hospital. My mom gets anxious when she does. I went to check on them and Maggie. Maggie's a dog lover. Okay. She fools with the dogs. And I knew she'd gone to the kennel. I was at the house. I left the house and went to my mom's for just a little while. Tried to call her when I left. Texted her, no response. When I got back to the house, the house was, obviously nobody was in there. So I figured they're still up here fooling around. Paul was gonna be getting set up to plant. Our sunflower seeds got sprayed and died and he was refiguring to do, to plant the sunflower seeds. So. I came back up here and I drove up and saw and called. Had Maggie and Paul been arguing over anything? No. What was their relationship like? Wonderful. Wonderful. How about yours and Maggie's? Wonderful. I mean, I'm sure we had little things here and there, but we had a wonderful marriage, wonderful mm -hmm. relationship. And yours and Paul's relationship? As good as it could be. How old was Paul? 22. You know his date of birth? I do. April 11th, 96 is his brother's. April 14th, 99 is Paul's. 
Uh, about, what's Maggie's full name? Margaret Branstetter Murdoch. And her date of birth, sir? September 15, 1968. Have y'all been having any problems out here? Trespassers? None people that I, breaking in? None that I know of. The only thing that what comes to my mind is my son Paul was in a boat wreck uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's been a, you know, he was charged with being arrested for being the driver. There's been a lot of negative publicity about that. And there's been a lot of people online just really vile stuff. But when Paul's out and about, I mean, people routinely, I don't think I know the full story. Um, so I don't think they give it to me, but he's been punched and hit and just attacked a lot. So, you know, but I mean, nothing like this. Yeah. Any, any one person in particular or group of people? I don't know. That you could think of? Not that I know, no, sir. Has he, other than being assaulted, has he received any direct threats related to the boat accident? Oh, yes. All the time. He gets Recently? Yes, sir. I mean, he gets them all the time. Okay. He gets them all the time. What kind of, I mean? I'm going to kick your ass, you know. I've never been privy firsthand, Mm -hmm. you know. Is that through social media? No, ma'am. It's mostly like if, if he goes out places is what, you know, what... He goes out like somewhere. He's in college, so if he goes out, is what I understand. Mm-hmm. And I can find out better details from some of his younger friends on that. Who's his best friend? <clears throat> his best friend in Columbia is Wills Chapman, Will Loving, Bobby Boyle. Bobby Boyle, Will Chapman, and Paul were getting ready to move into a house together in Columbia. You said, um, you said Will Chapman and Will Loving? Wills, Wills with an S, Chapman, and Will with an L, Loving. Okay. (laughs) Around here, his best friends are Nolan Tootin and Rogan Gibson. Tootin? Nolan Tootin? Yes, sir. And what was the other one, I'm sorry? Rogan Gibson. Have you talked with any of these guys tonight? Talked with Nolan, yes, sir. Is he out here? Yes, sir. Okay. I tried to call Rogan, was one of the people that, he's the boy that I told you lives around the corner. That's very... You know, he's just a good, helpful young man. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As the video continues, Agent Owen follows up on his question to Alex Murdoch about his son Paul's friends with an inquiry about anyone else that the police might need to interview immediately. Periodically, the jury hears the witness, Detective Laura Rutland, interject with a question. So is there anybody that you can think of that we need to talk to tonight? Is there a name that comes to mind? I mean, I can't tell you anybody that I'm overly suspicious of off the top of my head. Okay. You know? I mean, this is such a stupid thing. I'm even embarrassed to say it, but it just didn't 
make any sense. I just hired a guy out here, mm-hmm. and he really he wasn't cutting the mustard, but I hadn't told him this yet. Paul's been working with him a lot. He killed the sunflower seeds in our dove field just recently, which is why Paul was here doing this. He told Paul a story the other day about how when he was in high school, he got in a fight with some black guys, and the FBI undercover team observed him fighting those guys and put him on an undercover team with three Navy SEALs, and that their job was to kill radical Black Panthers. And they did that from Myrtle Beach to Savannah. Now, I really don't think this guy, you know, Mm -hmm. is probably the person, but that's just so friggin'. Yeah, that's kind of far-fetched story. It's weird, but he was off today. Okay. He took his daddy to the doctor. What's his name? C.B. Rowe. R-O-W-E? Yeah, and I sent him a message to text me earlier today about sunflowers, and he called me back when I was on the way to my mom's house. (laughs) Did you talk to him at that time? Briefly. I was on the phone with a lawyer friend of mine named Chris Wilson from Bamberg, so I told him I'd call him back tomorrow, see him in the morning. When you briefly talked to... um Mr. Rowe, what was his demeanor or attitude? Or I mean, it seemed normal. I mean, I asked him about the sunflowers, and so, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's a little bit. Where does he live? I don't exactly know. Somewhere in Bluff, I mean, in Bronson. Okay. Do you have his phone number? I do. You got it with you, of course, sir? I do. You know, but I do think him and Paul got along pretty well. Mm-hmm. That's just really, really weird. CB. Right there. In lap. When did he tell that story to Paul? Uh, sometime last week. Okay. My son Paul actually, and I really do not think, on all honesty, that it's him. But I know mm-hmm. y'all got to check it out. But Paul was so taken aback by it that he sent. I'll find it. I got it on my phone. He he recorded him saying bits and pieces of it. Okay. But for all his weirdness, I, I mean, I do think they like. I mean, they got along okay. pretty good. How long had he been working here? Uh, I guess about three or four pay periods, so eight weeks, a couple months. Okay. Going back to the boat incident, anybody on that boat really have a hard-on for Paul that you would think would come after him or know of any direct threats from people on the boat? I don't know of any direct threats between any of the people on the boat okay. specifically, but I, I do think there's been a small amount of yip yap between a couple of them, but not recently. Okay. <clears throat> Most of this was stuff from people that Paul didn't really know. Okay. It was some people that he knew distantly, but more times than not, when I learned about it, it was somebody that he didn't know. It's like, for example, he went out in Charleston a couple months ago, came back, you know, he got a black eye. And, you know, he can't defend himself right now because he has these charges. So, you know, he would, Paul was a real tough man's man. Mm -hmm. You know, he would just. He would defend himself, but he hadn't been. That's right. But. How was he handling that case? I've never been prouder of him than the way he has handled the pressures and the adversity in that situation. I think I've told Danny that before. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, Paul is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful kid. He can do almost anything. He gets along with almost anybody. Do y'all store any weapons out here? Um, we don't store them, but they're, you know, they're frequently out here. Mm -hmm. I need to find out if there were any out here because I know there was a shotgun. There was a 12-gauge shotgun out here. I'll have to find out exactly when that was. I think it got put up, but I'm not positive. What did that shotgun look like? Uh, it was a camouflage. Oh, I want to say it was a Benelli or maybe a Beretta. I can't remember which brand it is, but I don't think it was out here Okay. recently, but I'm not positive. And the, the shotgun that you had when deputies pulled up, where did that gun come from? I went to the house and I got a gun, probably overreacting, but... And was that when you pulled up and saw them? No, I, I mean, I came out and, I mean, I called 911 first, mm -hmm. talked to them for a little while, and then I told her that I was gonna to go to the house. Okay. And that I would let authorities know when they got here that I had a gun. Okay. Do you happen to have a list of all your guns? I can make one. I don't okay. have one, yeah. but I can make one. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, you know, so we could compare if that shotgun was out here and now it's missing. Absolutely. Um, try to figure, figure that out. I know, absolutely. And I know living out here in the country, you probably have more than one or two. We do, we probably have 20, 25 guns, yeah. Shotguns, rifles, rifles, pistols. Any rifles? Yes, sir. What kind of rifles? All kinds. Yeah. All kinds. I mean, you name it across the board, we have them. Okay. And I mean, they're all of them we have are, you know, in a hunting room in our house. What was their schedule today? When did they get home? My son works for my brother, and he was coming home to deal with the sunflowers. Uh, he got here. Uh, he got here pretty early because he and I rode around looking at everything for a good little while, probably 45 minutes to an hour. Um, Maggie had things she did in Charleston, and um, she had a doctor's appointment in Charleston. And she got back here. It was fairly late. Was it dark yet when Paul got home? No, Paul got home early. Early, okay. So before dinner time or Oh yes, ma'am. Lunchtime or No ma'am. Okay. What brother does Paul work for? John Marvin. And what does Paul do for him? Everything. Handyman. Yes, sir. Was it unusual for Maggie to feed the dogs this time of night or check on them? Oh no. I mean she played with those dogs every all the time. And it's especially common for her to, she's been gone for a while, mm -hmm. to come and let especially two of them out to run. So she pretty regularly comes out here in the evenings? Very regularly. Okay. She comes out here a lot. Do you have any cameras on your property? I have deer cameras, but none around up here. Where are they at? On, on different deer stands. Okay, so deep in the woods? Well, not necessarily deep in the mm -hmm. woods. Some of them are in fields and... Okay. There's none that, you know, are near here. Okay. What doctor's appointment, what doctor did Maggie see today? I forget the guy's name. Maggie's been having trouble with her. She's been having trouble with her stomach and her tooth. I'm not positive. It was sort of a routine visit and I can't remember. She told me the name of him and I can't, I want to say Gordine, Gordine, Gordine okay. is um, who I think she saw. So was she back home around supper time? Six o'clock, seven o'clock? I don't think she got back quite that early. I think she got back a little bit later than that. What did you did today? Were you at the office or? Nope, I was home. I came home. Paul and I messed around. I was up at the house. I laid down, took a nap on the couch, probably 25, 30 minutes. I got up. I called Maggie. Didn't get an answer. And I left to go 
to my mom's. She had said she might ride with me, but she normally doesn't when I go over there. And I think I texted her. And she's very good about answering the phone, so that was odd, or calling me back. Mm -hmm. So that was odd, but it wasn't that big a deal. Now, what time was that that you sent her a text message? I checked, texted her at 9.08, going to check on M, be right back. And then I texted her at 9.47. That must be when I started to come back. I think I called her before that, but let me make sure. Pretty sure that I called her 9.45. And then I tried Paul, and then I think that might have been riding over there, 10.03. I mean, my calls are right here. Yeah. So, obviously, this is when I, at 10.06, can I have a piece of gum? Yes, sir. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Anybody else want some gum? You don't have any water, do you, Danny? Behind Danny's head is a case of water. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I got some right here. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. I'm sure we're going to have much more questions. I'm available at, you know, you let me know. What's another number in case I can't get you on your cell? I don't have a house phone. Okay. My office number. I can give you my brother's cell phones. All right. And you said your dad's in the hospital? Yes, sir. How, which, which hospital? Charleston or? Savannah, Candler, St. Joseph's. Mm -hmm. Is he doing okay or? Uh, he's having a really, really hard time. He's got a lot, 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 lot going on. Okay. He's doing okay, giving everything, but he's got a lot going on. Mm. About Maggie's family, where are they? Somerville. Have you been in touch with them tonight? Contacted, yes. I had my brother call Bart, I mean the husband of Maggie's sister, <coughs> so mm. that they could go and tell Maggie's parents i felt like they needed to hear it in person mm -hmm. and they are going there and calling me so they must not be there yet maggie's parents in somerville yes and she her mom just had a knee replacement surgery and her dad really has trouble getting around nowadays you have any other children i do i have a 24 year old that's right you said it. what's his name buster well richard alexander jr okay he goes by Buster. He goes by Buster. Is he here tonight? He's on his way. Okay. This one's hard, but when you first saw Paul, you said you tried to flip him over. Was he laying on his back or on his stomach? Just like he, he Just like he is. So you weren't able to move him. Okay. No, ma'am. Okay. And did he help Maggie a lot out here with the animals? He helped everybody with everything. Okay. So it was kind of routine for him to be out here as well in this, the evening? This place is his absolute passion. Okay. I tried to turn him, and then I tried, and then I checked him, and I, I mean, I, I, I think I already knew, but I checked him. And when you pulled first pulled into the property, did you come from this direction where all our police cars are, or which way did you come in? I went to the house. Okay. And then I came from the house. This way. Straight here, yes, ma'am. Okay. I mean, where my vehicle was mm -hmm. parked is. Probably is, is where it was. Okay. Well, no, maybe not mm -hmm. exactly, but it was pretty close because okay. I came back the same route. That's right, because you went back to get your shotgun. When I came okay. back. I can't think of anything else right now, but, you know, we'll certainly be in touch. Thank y'all for everything y'all are doing. Yes, sir. So, you yes, know, sir. just to kind of let you know what's going to go on, we're going to be out here for quite some time. In the coroner will take custody of Paul and Maggie. Can I answer that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. What? <laughs> No, let me, uh, we're finished. Let me come out. Well, I'll be here when he gets here. No, don't let him come up here. Uh, okay, yeah, I think we're about done. Uh, all right, thank you. So, I'm sorry. Buster, get in here. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, I dropped my card. Uh, we'll get you another one. Uh, uh, sorry. 
sorry. Sir. I'll get you one. <clears throat> there you go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so the coroner will come over and talk to you. Um, you know, they'll do the autopsy and everything, and then go from there. Thank um, you. But we'll come to you before we leave. Thank you very much. Thank yes, you, sir. Mr. Rutland. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. As the interview ends, Prosecutor Metters asks Detective Rutland, What time was that interview? It was 1 a.m. Would you dispute 12.57? No, that sounds correct. Mm -hmm. Would you describe that as an aggressive interview? No. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we continue our review of the testimony of Colleton County Detective Laura Rutland. Also, check out the new crime story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.